You're listening to the Slapshot Podcast. Welcome back. My name is Etai Merlin. And I'm Elion Aaron. And today we're going to talk NHL news. All right, so some news out of the league. Joel Quenville out as head coach of the Florida Panthers and Andrew Brunette in as interim coach. Gary Bettman has cleared Kevin Day off of any wrongdoing in the sexual assault cover-up from the Blackhawks. As assistant general manager of the Blackhawks. Yes, he was assistant general manager in 2010, and he's current uh, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. I personally feel that if they had any evidence on Dayoff, he would have been right out the door. Joel Quenville is an NHL legend. He's uh, got some, like, a nephew in the league through nepotism. I mean... He's a real uh, legend, Kevin Sheveldayoff, just a small market NHL GM. So, And in court, they had 137 witnesses on trial. And if Sheveldayoff would have been guilty, yeah. he would have been fired. Remember, Gary Bettman's also a lawyer. So speaking of Gary Bettman. Today he spoke to the media and he confirmed that the Chicago Blackhawks have been fined $2 million. $2 million, Elirond. What a joke. For the covering up of the sexual assault. It's a real joke. I mean, the organization makes $178 million a season, and that's mostly from gate As receipts. a big market team, big market as an team, original six franchise. Original six. Biggest and, arena in the NHL. They usually pack the house. I mean... And if, and if you look at a team like Arizona, who they got their first round pick in 21, 2021 taken away for illegal fitness testing. What, what a joke. I mean, they didn't even take any picks away from the Blackhawks at 2010. At Ilya least a, a second-round draft pick. You yeah, Ilya Kovalchuk cost the New Jersey Devils a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and they still had to play $3 million. And they don't make as much money as the Blackhawks. Unbelievable. No, it's really ridiculous. It really is. So also, Bill Daly stated that the Blackhawks notified the league of pending legal action in December but made it sound like bogus. They made it sound as if it was something that was going to get cleared. There was going to be no issue. If it was something, it'd be a small settlement. It'd be no issue for PR. They're always downplaying I, everything to leave. Always to try down, to cover up. But not just that. That they're not downplaying it. Even they're just like the the Blackhawks downplayed it to the league. And I feel like it's the, a terrible. Look. It, this makes it even worse that they gave a minor penalty. I mean, the truth is that they should have laid down the hammer. Really taken some picks, taken a lot of money. That would have been a great PR move for the league. And they completely whiffed. It would have yeah. sent the message that this stuff is not accepted in this day and age. It's not accepted in this league. And the fact that he won a Stanley Cup ring, had had the day with the Stanley Cup. Has his name on the Stanley Cup. It's and, ridiculous. But they just asked to remove his name. They just asked to remove it. But it's, they it's ju- ridiculous. But it's, that's at a this little point, too, that's a too point, little too late. Yeah, what a uh, joke. Exactly. It's too little too late. It's a joke. It's a, <coughs> and I agree with you. The, the NHL completely whiffed on this. I think it's completely ridi- and utterly ridiculous to find a, 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 a big market team, $2 million, for something this major. It's, 100%. This isn't, this isn't just like a stupid like cap circumvention or some illegal fitness yeah. tampering. It's not the lightning is, of last year. This you is some cap, yeah, yes, I mean, cap circumvention. This is literally someone's life in, on the line. It's someone's life and well-being at stake. And the league completely whiffed on a completely good PR scenario. Would have made Kyle Beach... Feel a lot better about the situation. Instead, now he's talking with he had a and meeting with Terry Batman, hockey. and he he was having an argument with him. He felt like he wasn't doing enough. This is the problem with hockey, you know. Yeah, hockey culture. If I feel like if this were happening in the NBA, the NBA would have done the right Co- thing. Oh, they would have been all and over. they would have destroyed the team who who was involved. And you know, the NHL really screwed up. They really did. All right, so let's head up north. Uh, Cole Caulfield, some new news out of Montreal today. Cole Caulfield was uh, assigned to the AHL affiliate Laval Rocket. Uh, the Canadians are two and eight. Cole Caulfield only has one point in 10 games. And while he does lead the team, he's second, in, second, second on the team in shots. 
He still hasn't put one in the net, so his shooting percentage is zero. He has 22 shots in 10 games, which only trails Josh Anderson. And the Canadians are 19th. Sorry, they're 25th in goals for. They have, they have 19, 19 total goals. goals. And they have a whopping 11.1% on the power play, That's which ranks 30th fantastic. in the league. So while they are bereft... <laughs> <laughs> they are bereft at scoring. They're not doing so great with that. Um, I don't know. They're, they just... This, they are bereft. No, sorry. I feel like this is really the, this was the right move for the the Canadians. I feel like you know Caulfield needs to regain his confidence. He needs to put some pucks in the net, and I really feel like this will light a fire under his butt. Like let's get back into the NHL. I feel like this will really get him back on track. This is going to help with his development in the long term and the short term. It's the right move. He needs to get his confidence up, and I think putting a few pucks in, in the net in in Laval will definitely help that. I think Laval Rock can have a great team this year. And the Canadians are really, really struggling. And while they don't score many goals right now, and you'd think that the Canadians need, need him, Caulfield really has not, has not played well. And you look at it, I mean, he's in, he's in the highest pressure market in the league. 100%. And similar to Nick Suzuki, he's really struggled. And you can even see, just watching the games, he's whiffing on pucks. Like, he's known for his wicked release, and he has not, he's not played well. And honestly, yeah. like, I think this, this move is more significant than it seems because Absolutely. the Canadians are sending a message to... to the players on the team to the league itself that they need to do a better job of managing their younger players That's to develop the younger yeah. players. The, the Look fans. at what happened to Jesperi Kakaniemi. He was he was at, rushed to the league. Rushed to the league. He should have went back to Finland when he was eighteen, and he was sent. He he wasn't sent back to Finland. He was sent to play and in, he on the suddenly Canadians became the focal point of the team. Everyone started wearing his jersey, and you know it's it's you gotta remember it's an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. They're still a kid, you know. Um, Carey Price is having issues handling the league. He's 30-something years old. I completely understand it. He's, according to you, you personally believe that he's, you know, his, he's stemming from uh, anxiety. He's stemming from anxiety. This his whole wife situation. posted on Instagram that it was, yeah. it was anxiety. And, but, you know, if he's having issues with it, Cole Caulfield last year was in college. He was a college student. End of the year, J.J. Watt's wearing his jersey. What the f*** does J.J. Watt know about hockey, right? J.J. Watt's a football player. Yeah, okay, he went to Wisconsin. That's great. Real Big hockey deal. school. Big deal. But, you know, he's wearing his jersey. Suddenly, he's a big name. The biggest market and the biggest fans. You know, they suddenly, like, all, everyone loves Cole Caulfield. You got all these yeah, analysts I mean, having his name all on the TV screen. He's going to win the according Calder. According to Vegas odds, he was, he was the, the favorite to win the Calder. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that put immense pressure on him. And he's really, really struggled, as has the team. And I think this will be good for the Canadians in the short term and long term. Absolutely. I feel like it's going to light a fire under his butt, get him back on track. You'll see him later this year, probably. He's going to fire some pucks into the net. He could still win that Calder, but he's got to get his confidence And also, I think he was playing on the third line. The Canadians do not have a lot of center depth this year with the loss of Deneau and Kotkaniemi. Adam Brooks was on the third third line center with Cole Caulfield Mm -hmm. because Matthew Perot is now injured, who's who is playing center, and he's not even a true centerman. He's actually a true winger. He's out for a few weeks. The only thing I personally think that's a little bad for the team is burning through his ELC while he's not playing in the NHL, but I'm a big contract guy. To most teams, that probably doesn't matter so much. If he isn't playing so well in the NHL, they can probably get him for less. I think as he played as... well last year, and he proved already that he's, he's NHL ready. No, he has, he has and the potential. He what has I will the say skill. is that Carey Price also, in his rookie year, was sent down to, H, to the AHL affiliate. So players like within the organization and outside of the organization, are, this, is, this is a very common thing for players to get sent down. You know, Trevor Zegers, same thing, was sent down to the HL affiliate like 
you know, last year. You see that with tons of players. Absolutely. I'm not, listen, I'm not worried about Caulfield, but kind of interesting. According to Money Puck, he has 1.8 expected goals for, which is a lot. It's not a lot, but it's a lot more than a zero goals. Yeah. And 56.8% expected goals percentage while he's on the ice. So his team while it's on the ice, while he's not on the ice, has about a 40% expected goals percentage. But the truth is that all the underlying numbers are great. For like when you're looking he's at sign a player, release. it doesn't matter. He's, he's a playmaker and he's an underrated. He's an underrated passer. But I'm like saying he, like it doesn't affect his confidence. I telling him that he has 1.8 expected goals to him, he has zero. Right. You know these are all hypotheticals. So I personally think that let him score some goals in the NHL, tear it up there a little bit, regain his confidence, come back here, win a Calder, and let's go. That's it. All right. All right. Moving on. Some uh, new defenseman extensions. Yeah. Some big big boy contracts. Starting with Morgan Riley. Of the Toronto Maple Leafs signing for eight years, $7.5 million, which is honestly less than market value. If he would have went to free agency this past, this, this next summer, he, I think he would have gotten more money. At least he would have gotten probably, I think he would have gotten probably eight, five. I see yeah. him getting eight, five. Yeah. I actually, I think he's better than some of the defensemen who signed those nine, but I actually would take him over. That's a bold I would, take. I, I would take him over Nurse, Seth Jones. And possibly Wierenski. I, I disagree with you. I think Darnell Nurse is a great defenseman. I think he's better than Morgan Riley. But I would I feel say, like all these players have very bad underlying numbers. And I think Morgan Riley has mediocre underlying numbers. So that's my But he definitely got him. I think Kyle Dubas did a great job of signing him as early as possible. Absolutely. Don't let this become a long thing. Don't let this become Hyman 2.0. Exactly. Exactly. What I was going to say is Zach Hyman, you know, listen, what happened with Zach Hyman, I think Kyle Dubas messed up. Listen, he waited to the last minute. He did not want to sign during the, during the season. And he messed up. You know, they waited to the last minute. Hyman was frustrated and at the end of the day he went to the Oilers he got more money there and it didn't work out and people kept saying you know Zach Hyman's a Toronto kid he's gonna want to stay in Toronto Hyman's staying Hyman's staying look what happened he left absolutely and the same could have happened with Morgan Riley but you got the job done early and also look the same thing the Canadians did by the way they signed Nick Suzuki as early as possible knowing that Look what happened actually. Except the difference between that contract and the Riley contract is they, they don't want this to drag out too long because they have bad memories of last year. They lost a guy who everyone said was going to re-sign with them because they took the contract negotiations too long. I feel also that uh, like Morgan, the longer they take the, uh, the contract negotiations and drag them out for, the more money they're going to ask for. Because right. the players, I think some of them enjoy being part of the negotiations and enjoy the money side of it. And those are the guys who end up becoming GMs. But a lot of players see it as a distraction. They just want to go out and make play hockey, and they want to make a living doing it and want to maximize their earnings. But they don't want to focus on that. Their focus is on the ice, and that's it. You know, And I think this is good for the Maple Leafs. They're bereft of uh, cap space. So, you know... <laughs> They uh, they save some money here. They get but that really, set. They ha- are in some 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 cap crunch. They really do not do not have a lot of cap space. Well, so they don't this is also pretty have interesting. a lot of prospects coming up too. I mean, who's their top prospect right now? I mean, Rasmus Sandin, Nick Robertson. Sandin's in the league now, but yeah, Nick Robertson has not played well, and now he's in the AHL. Well, they don't have to worry about signing a lot of people, so this is okay for them. They can. It's not. A and they have that Rodin Amirov in 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 Russia. Who's yeah. But, you know, I mean, if Riley had signed this contract, uh, and obviously he was under contract before the Leafs signed, but if he had sent a, a message that, oh, we're going to sign for less, we're going to uh, save money for the team, we're going to help the team out. If he had sent that message, like like how uh, Crosby and Malkin, that message right. that they sent in Pittsburgh the, for years and years. I think the cap space of the Maple Leafs would have been completely different if Morgan Riley would have signed first before all these other players. Of course, of course he you wasn't set a precedent. Contract. And you show these young players yeah. that listen, you're gonna get what you're worth. This is just just as a hypothetical. I mean, but then Kyle you know, Dumas seems like a very vulnerable GM. It to be really, with you. I mean, 
his first offseason, he did sign a lot of very rich contracts. I mean, the yeah. Tavares contract for $11 million a year. That you're going to have to I mean, overpay was, for, for that, a UFA. That, I, I agree with that. I'm talking I more mean, about Marner Matthews, who, no, who basically manipulated feel, their way to more money. I feel that Tavares they actually got less than other teams were willing to pay. I feel like the Sharks were going to pay. He was offered, yeah, yeah 12 I, and a half. The Sharks were going to pay him more. If they, the Sharks were going to either get him or, or Eric uh, Carlson. That was their idea of that offseason. Right. They didn't get him. They got Eric Carlson. And I think that it would have been— But listen, you're going to have— uh, William Nylander that that off season, he then ends up holding out for six nine. So then what happens? Marner and Matthews, they're suddenly like, oh, we can hold out long right. term and we can get a lot of money. You're too. setting a precedent. You're showing the other players that listen, we can I can get whatever I want <laughs> as long as I hold out for a certain amount of time. I have all the leverage in, in, mm-hmm. in these situations. But I wonder what this is going to do to the Maple Leafs in the future with Jack Campbell only having this year left on his contract as a UFA next year. And, and I goalies mean, do sign for a lot if they realize that. A team and listen, he's been he's been a really really good goalie. Like even in the first round against the Canadians, he played really well yeah. when they lost in seven. I mean, really games. out of nowhere, he was a backup. They have Mikheyev to now. sign. Yeah, they have Mikheyev to sign. I mean, they have they have a lot a lot of. You'd be fooling yourself if Mikheyev's going to get that much money. I know Leafs I, fans he's, are the, I think he's, McKay. I think he's I think he's going to leave the Leafs. I think he's done like done yeah. with the Maple Leafs. But listen, like they I heard have, like rumors that he was asking for a trade or something. They're going to have to get rid of one of these big contracts. Maybe Kerfoot goes. They just signed Nick Ritchie, um, but they're going to have to figure it out, you know? Absolutely. I, I feel like – I mean it, Nick Ritchie I think they have as an RFA next year, right? So if he plays – He has not played well, by the way, on the second not. line. No, he – I mean – Then they also signed Akasha. Keith was asked about, you know, Nick Ritchie not playing well, and, and, he, and he said, you know, listen, we have more players than Nick Ritchie just not playing well. And while the Maple Leafs have played better in recent, recent games, um, they, they've, they've gotten off to a little slow – like a slower start. You look at Marner who only has one goal – in nine games, and he, you know, has not scored many goals. Even last year, he he didn't score. He didn't score nearly as nearly enough goals. Um, but yeah, they, I feel like you know they're they're heading towards a cap crunch, and I don't know. I don't know how long they can uh, keep pushing this off for. I mean, it really looked like once they signed Matthews and Marner, it looked like they weren't going to be able to fix their defense. And then they made that trade to send Kadri to. Uh, Colorado, and they, they made the trade to get uh, Cody Cece, and then they ended up both being terrible, and then they're like, uh, like I don't know. I don't know how much better their defense is. And look what happened with Freddie Anderson, too. He signed four and a half, but the Maple Leafs are paying more money to their two goalies than they are Frederick Anderson, and Frederick Anderson, so far this season, has looked like a, like a Vesna candidate. Like, listen, he's played unbelievable. Like, he's yeah. played really, really I well. Don't, I didn't understand the Morozik signing. I, 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 I love Morozik. I think he's a great goalie, but I feel like you got to stick with the guy you have. I mean, he was only going to, what, cost them an extra million? I think Anderson was at the door already because of what happened in the playoffs, and what happened, he During was getting the- shredded by media. He was... The constant blame for the team. I mean, also similar to what happens in like Montreal, you know. A hundred percent, I agree with you. These big market stuff. teams, they run out their players sometimes. I think Fred fans really sometimes wanted a change. Too. He was drafted by the Hurricanes, and what I will say is Peter Morazic. Peter Morazic is probably last year. He was probably his stats were better than it showed because he was on a great team with Dougie Hamilton there, with Slavin, with Pesci, with all those great defensemen. Defense. Great, One of the best defenses defense. in the league. This year they got worse, but. Um, Listen, I think Mrazic's numbers probably were a little better than they showed. But Jack Campbell is a great goalie, and I don't know what they're going to do next year. He, he's bound for a pay raise. He's signed for one. I think he's making one point six million right no, now. He's going to make a years. lot more than that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would look at something like a Benny, Bennington six times six. You know? Yeah, probably something around there. I mean, you got to look. I mean, actually, I don't know. Hellebuck, uh, after his uh, Vesna set when he came in second place for the Vesna, he was making a low amount. Then he signed a six point six. Let's be honest. Hellbuck and, and Jack Campbell are not comparisons. I'm looking. We're looking more at like the Shesterkin, 
Bennington contract. But <laughs> Although I stand, I'd actually take Shesterkin over him. I don't know about Bennington. Any day of the week. Yeah. Shesterkin, I totally Shesterkin is so good. Yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. And he, he is also looking like a Vesna finalist this year. He's Absolutely. been amazing. Now that we're on the Rangers, The new though, king in New York. Um, Adam Fox. How about Adam Fox? Big maker in New York. Seven by 9.5. The local kid. Yep. Yeah, largest D contract for history, leaving entry level. So this is, again, speaking of setting a precedent, I mean, he's really, really setting, setting the mark for, for defensemen. I mean, if you look in the past few months, defensemen are just, just making so much money. And honestly, I think that this is a fair contract. And I Maybe mean, even under market value. I, mean, I think this is definitely – he could have gotten 11. I feel like I wouldn't go eleven, but listen, he could have made ten five. Yeah, ten five. He's I mean, amazing. This buys you a lot of UFA years, a good amount of UFA yep. years. You could then, I mean, listen, he's a local kid. He's a, he's a Rangers fan growing up. He probably, I, I know it's really early to say this, but if he plays well, this team keeps getting better. You could see he's him being already a, a top three defenseman. In the league. I'm saying he could be a Ranger for life. You yeah, know? he's and, in a. In a and you know in what's a, crazy? The underlying numbers are saying that he's better than last year. Better than last year. He was a Norris winner last year. What I will say though better. is that he probably couldn't have made eleven because I think the McCarr contract set the precedent for that for that that range of, of deals. I personally think he's better than McCarr. I, I disagree. This, with I also you. think this deal. I is think McCarr. I think McCarr is probably the best defenseman in the league, if you ask me. In terms of his, I mean, I love McCarr. I think he's great. I still think that Adam Fox won a uh, Norris, and I think that he's might be on in route to winning another one. Listen, I mean, that's a, that's a. That's Very a, valid take. We'll yeah. see what happens this year, but yeah. there there are a lot of lot of defensemen making making good money this year. I think there's I think there's a real I think that uh, it took a while for the uh, GMs to realize this and for agents to realize this, but there's a real dearth of dearth of uh, defenseman talent in the NHL. There is not top four defenseman there, talent. Yeah, top four. There's not 128 top four worthy defensemen in the NHL or nope. hockey players that are floating around. Playing half the game, 25, yeah. 30 minutes. Their, you know. their top four talent is really not that high right. right now. Especially, I mean, if you're looking for someone who's like Adam Fox, defensively responsible, 93rd percentile according to top-down hockey defensively, 98th percentile defensively, I mean offensively, Right. These are both great numbers. He's a two-way defenseman. He's a puck mover. He's a shooter. He's great on the an power play. An elite skater. Elite skater. And what I will say is look what he did to Ryan, Ryan Lindgren, who is essentially an AHL player. And now Lindgren's playing with Fox. And look what's happened. <laughs> suddenly you know, now he's a good pair Suddenly he's a, he's a first pair D-man. Yeah, I really I, like, to be fair, I like what the Rangers do. They take their puck movers and they put them with a big bottom. You know? Correct. I think that's kind of stemmed even from the uh, defenseman that was really good on the Rangers, that, that cup team. But anyway, they put him with Jeff Bukaboom, who's like this... This defenseman guy, you know, defensive defenseman. And, you know, I actually like that strategy. I think you put your, your puck movers or the defenseman. The I defensive think it depends. Defenseman. I think it depends. I don't know. I don't like put, putting two puck movers together. That's just my opinion. I think. But I think you can go the other way around. I think you can have two bigger bigger defensemen. You, shot, you, you know, you see. That's a lead. third pairing. That's like a third pairing. No. Yeah. No, I mean, it depends. Even your first pairing is shut down. Like you're playing. If you want. To shut down the best players in the ice. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you have McDavid take, take Dreisaitl coming at you. You want bigger defensemen. You know, I mean, McDavid in the corner. If he sees I actually, I feel like you see that more with forward lines, though. I feel, feel like you'll see the third line sometimes playing against the first line. And But I wonder what this is going to do to Jacob Truba. I mean, he's making $8 million for the next, I think it's five years. Know. He's definitely not worth that contract. Not even close, it's, no. I mean, the Jets really got out, dodged a bullet with that one. They got a great defenseman in Neil Yeah, Pion, it's like 10% of your cap. I mean, they, they need to, to figure out what they're doing. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, he's a leader in the locker room. And I don't think they're trading him. I think he's been serviceable. But the, the, the Rangers have really locked up their players. You know, Panarin, Kreider, Zabanejad, 
They got a good core locked up for a long time. All they have is Ryan Strom left, I believe. I think yeah. he's only signed. He's only signed he's a UFA NFL, this yeah. year. He's a UFA. Yeah, it's but. surprising. He's been an RFA this whole time. He's a really, really good player, and I don't think people realize how much they need him, especially at a really important position, yeah. second line centerman. I mean, a lot of teams do not have <coughs> enough center depth, and you look at the Rangers; they really, really rely on Ryan Strom. Something the, the Jets struggled with for a long yeah. time, getting that second line center. I mean, that also you take that next step with that second line center. I agree with you. Look Absolutely. at what happened with Dubois. Same yeah. thing. You and suddenly now he's Jets. playing good, good hockey, and the Jets are kind of winning. Games. Yeah, look at what Vegas wants to do. You know, they want to maybe add Eichel. Although, Same thing. All I these... was also I was reading something about the the, the Eichel rumors. So it's very surprising. I mean, although apparently what I what I was reading was that it doesn't really fit the Vegas Golden Knights so much because first of all they're getting a player who's going to be out for four months. They're going to give up a lot. At they're least up, four months. At least four months with a surgery, surgery that yet. no NHL player has gotten before him. Never. Never. Barely any athletes to, get the to surgery assume, too, by the way. Yeah, you have to assume that Vegas is going to give him the surgery he wants. Well, they're yeah, if, they're, if they're trading for him, obviously they're going to give him the surgery. But right. also, what's interesting <coughs> is that apparently this weekend, there were a lot of like expert analysts who were saying like they believed the deal was going to get done this weekend. But obviously it didn't happen, which is interesting. Uh, Vegas does seem to be the favorite, followed by Calgary, according yeah. to Kevin Weeks. I really um, hate for Calgary to get him. But, but it seems to be that Vegas is unwilling to give up Peyton Krebs. And or Nick also Hague. Nick Hague, defenseman Nick Hague, who, yeah. who's, who's got off to a good start. But yeah. Peyton Krebs has not played well. I think he has, yeah. he has zero points in eight games. Um, but he's a really, really great player who fell in the draft because he was injured. A really, really great player. I mean, I've also liked Peyton Krebs. I mean, so according to Top Down Hockey, his ch- uh, Peyton Krebs, his chances of becoming an NHLer, which would be that he plays 200 games with a positive wins above replacement, would be 64%. And his chances of becoming a star, which would be um, top 18.5% percentile, for uh, wins above replacement for 82 games is 13%. I saw a lot of uh, Peyton Krebs with the Winnipeg Ice. I watched a lot of his highlights, and he was a he's a good player. Look at his stats from uh, the AHL and Winnipeg last year. He put up 43 points in 24 games with Winnipeg, five points in five uh, AHL games with Henderson. What so. I think is interesting is that Buffalo is not willing to retain any of the salary. So with an injured player, you think that because they're probably going to get good roster players right now coming back to Buffalo, yeah. that rough, Buffalo might be willing to retain some of the salary. That's probably the biggest problem is that they, prob- they might need a third team involved. Let's say hypothetically, I don't know, Arizona. A team who's taken on Arizona's <laughs> taken on a ton of ton of cap space. The dumpster of the league. But listen, they, they've done a really good job of taking contracts that end at the end of the season so that next year they're going to be free of tons of cap space like Louis Erickson. But um, then if they take on the Shane Gossesburg, all these contracts end at the end of this year. So let's say hypothetically. If they take on the Eichel contract, though, that's five years they're But I think what the problem is that a team like Vegas, who is known to go after massive names, they're always in. Always, always for in. the names. Always for the The Eric Carlson thing, they're also in the Eric Carlson. You hear them. I mean, they got a Mark Stone. Look what happened. What happened? What the problem? The problem with Vegas is that they have players on LTIR, and they, they're just in a cap crunch as well. And I think they need a third team to be involved in this deal. So you're saying Arizona? I don't know. I don't know that Arizona is going to commit five years again. But what will, they, they want to win with Jacob Chikrin, right? That's what they said. They told Jacob Chikrin they don't want to trade him because they want to win with him. Listen, Arizona is in a rebuild. I think I, what I know they're in a rebuild, but he still has four years on his contract. They want to win with him, so they think they can be somewhat competitive within four years. I don't know they take on that contract. I think Jacob Chikrin is any team good. that wants five million dollars. Jacob Chikrin is the only competent player right now on the team, in my opinion. Like he is an he's an all star player. The, the the Coyotes have three first round picks in twenty twenty two. I think they're gonna gonna continue to rebuild. They have. I uh, doubt that they, they, they have, take on the Eichel. They have four. Though. They have I four draft. No, they have four second round draft picks this year, and I think they'd be willing to just keep piling up that. 
Pound so what do they picks. get? What do they get in your opinion? You think they get a, like what a first? I mean, listen, I mean, you're not, not gonna get a first. I'm not carrying five million dollars. A team's not gonna ask him to retain, you know, hundred percent of his salary. No, I know it's fifty percent is the maximum. So you have to assume they're gonna maximize the amount that they can retain fifty percent. But Vegas is on. If Vegas is really in. Trade they're, talks with Buffalo. They're not going to be able to to take on that whole contract. Absolutely, that's because the problem is that they have Patch Ray on LTIR. They have Alex Tuck on LTIR, and they have Mark Stone on injured reserve, short term injured yeah. reserve. But Patch Ray is going to play this season again. I mean, and it seems to be that Alex Tuck is also going to play this season again. That's eleven million dollars coming back this year. Let's, let's just throw out some uh, numbers. What do you think that uh, Buffalo gets for this? I personally think they get minimum two firsts, Peyton Krebs, and then something else. I mean, I agree with you. At least two for maybe I'd say more than that. I'd say three first. I think what's gonna happen. And you think also Peyton Krebs? I think Krebs. Well, one of Krebs and Haig has got to go. Yeah. And a current roster player. I don't know who that like, who they'd be Patches? willing to give up. I I don't think Patch Ready goes, but I really they need, they need a roster player. They, maybe yeah. you know one of one of Marsh. Mar- like I think maybe Riley Smith is a candidate to go. Riley Smith has uh, his underlying numbers haven't been great, but he's uh, again, you know, that's a maybe White Cloud I goes. I really don't know. A complaint I heard about Vegas is that you know a lot of people were upset when they traded Reeves, and they can't keep having this turnaround in their locker room. Again, it's bad for the locker. Riley room. was a day one guy. It's like if they traded Marcia so that in Riley, they're like it's like that hurts the locker room a lot. They, uh, these are day one guys. The problem with Vegas, and we've said this before, is that they, they do not. They are, they are not loyal to their players. Not at it's all. It's a business. I, we understand it's a business. But, but at they, the same they, time, they take it like too much of a business. Correct. There needs and to be some chemistry. sense of loyalty to your, te- to your players. Team chemistry is a big thing too. They don't like – you can't keep switching. And GM Kelly McCrimmon does not care about yeah. being loyal to his players. And I believe that he'll trade anyone on this roster. Mm-hmm. You know, No one is safe. Okay. I'd say there's, there's <coughs> very minimal untouchables, whether it's Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez, Petrangelo, and I'd say Mark Stone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe Nolan Patrick goes too. I mean, I don't know. But Nolan they're going to need I feel a lot. Like his, his value keeps dropping. And what I will say is that, that his value keeps Calgary is an interesting team too with Eichel. They, they have Backlund, they do have the Monaghan, cash um, space at, center, at center. They do, have, they do have more cap space than Vegas, that's for sure. Yeah, but I believe they have more cap space than Vegas. But still, you know, it's, it's tough. Again, it, it's, I don't know who, what kind of tr- team wants this trade. Obviously, these two. But like, I don't know what is team Is it helping this, Vegas? I don't know what team this fits because, again, you lose four months. Of the, like there, you lose whatever players you lose, and then you lose four months of not having this guy, right? You don't have him for four months minimum, and who's to say he doesn't come back a worse player from the, this surgery that's unprecedented? He's so, an elite player when healthy. No, can we I, agree on that. No, we can agree on that. But again, this is an unprecedented surgery. This is a this is a big deal. I, I agree mean. with you, but also I think for a team that's contending for the cup, this is not the right move. This is not the right move for a cup contender. I I just don't see it because that four month window. I agree. The with uncertainty. You. I mean, I just, I just think it depends on the return because Buffalo's ask is massive. I believe. I disagree with you. I think for a cup contending team, this can be game changing. You see teams who take that one extra step where you you always think, oh, this is too much, like too much. They're 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 risking the future. I think at the end of the day, sometimes those are the moves that get you to win the Stanley Cup. And I think at the end of the day, Vegas is the type of team to go for every single year, every single year. They always are comp- always are. Willing to do whatever it takes to, 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 to win the Stanley Cup. And they haven't been there yet. Two straight conference finals. And they're not satisfied. They're not satisfied I wouldn't be satisfied either. They're spending a lot of money. Listen. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a big, big deal in Vegas. And I really think that the Eichel... The, but I think it's bound to, to get resolved in the near future. He has to get traded at a certain point. Yeah. I mean, he needs the, the his, surgery. His value also keeps dropping. I mean, you keep on losing more term. The teams are getting less term. Now he's not going to play for the, the American Olympic team as well. Yeah, he's not going to be able to probably. Another rumor out 
past week, Shea Weber. So just uh, Jonathan Druin in a uh, press conference after game, he made it sound like Shea Weber is probably never going to play. Yeah, it sounds like he's basically he he retired. retired. Basically, he's basically retired. retired, and that he's now a scout for the team. Well, the Montreal media basically did suppress this rumor. Um, it seems to be that like because Shea Weber was around the team when when Druin mentioned this, it seems yeah. to be that that Druin you know probably accurately knew what was going on. And and to be honest, I mean, it seems like Shea Weber is sticking with the team, if, even if it's in a scouting role. He's still a leadership. Well, they haven't guy. They haven't named locker. another captain, and that's probably they have. Why. He's still the captain. Uh, of the no, team. there's no way they're going to while he's on. I mean, out of respect for Shea Weber, absolutely. Also, he's he's given a lot to that team. That that cup run, he was playing fantastically, and it's sad that he's not probably going to ever play again. But he really had a great great career. I read that he basically has an ankle problem, and that if he gets surgery in the ankle, the doctor told him he's probably never playing hockey again. So he probably is going to try to lace the skates up without surgery to see if the ankle is any good. But he's got a lot of problems with his hand, his ankle. A lot of injuries. And I mean, this is from... Physical, uh, physical player. This is Physical player. And this is like 15 plus years of NHL action. It takes its toll. Yeah, 100%. Um, but this contract will be a problem in the near, in the near future mm-hmm. if Weber can't play. You know? But I mean... Especially with the, with, the, with, the cap, with the cap not going up. I mean, he'll, he'll be placed on LTIR. They'll be able to have the room open kind of... Imagine if he did retire and the he's only the, exempt for LTIR for this year though yeah. you gotta understand. But imagine if he did retire As of right now. and that recapture penalty went to the Predators. That'd be something. Well, to that's watch. a that's a that's a very <laughs> realistic possibility. Is what happened. Yeah. Like, but I doubt. That, I, I I assume they put him on LTIR retirement. They, he never plays again. He gets his yeah. money and he goes home. I mean, the Canadians have I mean, got off to a really really slow start. Speaking of slow starts, actually, yeah, let's talk about some players that really haven't uh, been playing so well. So, uh, Sean Monahan. Eight games, one goal, three points. This is a contract, contract year for Sean Monaghan. I mean, this is the biggest year maybe of his career. And he is not He just well. scored his first goal last game. And, I mean, really, like, the Flames are sitting atop of the Pacific Division. And, I mean, they, they've played really, really well. And it's not and a great it's, sign. It's kind of despite him. Despite Monaghan, who, who's a, you know, a really great player, but he hasn't played well. It'll be interesting to see how he plays the rest of the season, especially in a contract year where this is... It's a big year for him. Absolutely. Mitch Marner also off to a slow start. Nine games, one goal, three points. He just scored his his first goal of the season last game as well. (laughs) And he hasn't – he didn't score. Playoffs, he didn't score. He, he, yeah, everyone knows about Marner being a ghost in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think what's happening – I think what's happening is maybe the the, the pressure of the Toronto media and just the epicenter of of hockey being in Toronto – all this pressure. All this pressure. I mean, he got sh- – I mean, he was the scapegoat this summer. He really was. A lot of people he got destroyed. And he's, he's, you know, he's a younger kid. He probably is on social media. He's not someone to – like – He know? obviously is hearing about this stuff. I mean, 100%. People, I mean, obviously, even if a player's not on social media, they know when people are, are like, They're aware. booing them. They're they aware. know. They know. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and I think it's catching up to him as a Toronto kid. Um, local kid, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Speaking of Jacob Chikrin, who I just praised, nine games, no points. Now, I don't know if this is so much a product of bad play or this is a product of a bad team. Because I feel like he's the only team, uh, only player on that Arizona team worth his salt. Exactly. And I mean, the, 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 the Coyotes are looking to be historically bad. I mean, they haven't won a game yet. They can really... They, they can they, set some records. They can set some records. I think it's the 1964 team that was the worst team of all time. I think the entry uh, capitals were one of the worst. I can't remember yeah, which one. Yeah, you're right. Um, but they, really- can, they can definitely – look, they're on the trajectory, trajectory to be a really, really bad team. Absolutely. Um, it's not looking good for the Coyotes. And honestly, like, I'm not, I agree with you. I'm not sure if it's because the team is really playing terribly or, you know, it's Chikrin himself. But it's not looking good so far. 
And one more name that we'll mention is Alex Petrangelo. Speaking of Vegas, he only has 1.9 games and he just signed that massive deal. Last he still has six season. more yeah. years for 8.8. Crazy. I wouldn't be too worried. It's only the start of the season, but it's I don't something be too to worried look out either. For. But I mean, you expect you again. You expect production out of these guys, like. Uh, also, one more name I just want to mention. Kaylor Yamamoto is now playing with... He's now playing on the line with uh, McDavid. I mean, not McDavid. He's playing on the line with Dreisaitl. He's playing on the line with Nugent Hopkins. And he's also off to a slow start, too. His stats really haven't seen a bump. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, Kaylor Yamamoto only so far seven games played. Zero points, zero assists, zero plus minus. It's almost as if he hasn't even touched the ice. And he just yeah. signed a one-year contract, right? Uh, I mean, it's not really a big bump, but you gotta start seeing something out of the guy. He was a first-round pick a couple years ago. And he's been—he played. He's had some good seasons with the with the Oilers, putting up some points, you know, at least in the power play. Yeah, he's he's done stuff, but he—you gotta see that bump. You gotta start seeing like—is this a guy keeping around? I mean, otherwise they're just wasting a roster spot. On I mean, him. the Oilers have not done a good job with their contracts, in my opinion. I mean, they've really, really. They Also—they're they're another team that position. hasn't been able to develop that young talent. Agreed. Historically, agreed. You're right. <laughs> and lastly, Elias Pettersson is nothing to sneeze at as a player, <laughs> and he has, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he hasn't played that well. Um, he has one goal and four points in nine games. Yeah, and I mean, it's not... Uh, it's still early, but he just signed a, a new contract for three years. Just last year, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he's going to start to see a bump. I feel like that Canucks team also is also stumbling out of the gate once again. This is really got to this got to look like deja vu all over again right. for that Canucks team. A, a team that Pacific ended up division. a team that ended up finishing last in the North Division. Of course, all the whole COVID thing, but still. Yeah, they, I mean, they really were not impressive last year and Elias Pettersson is their most integral player and I really really think that he needs to play better. The team needs to play better and you know, all their off-season moves, they really, really have a lot of pressure to, to play well this season, you know? And they're just stumbling out of the gates, you know? It's, a, it's tough, and we'll see if they're able to bounce back. But again, you know, teams in the Pacific, has, they've thought that it was going to be pretty terrible. But, you know, Calgary's playing a lot better, and so, is, uh, so are the Oilers. The Oilers are probably the team to beat in that Pacific right now. Yeah, I'd say so. At a 6-1, and one, they're, yeah. they're really playing well. They really are playing well. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch, catch you, you soon. soon.